to episode two of For the Love of Guns. In this episode, I got a chance to catch up with Steve Eglon. He is the president of Last Chance Handgunners, which is the outdoor range that I belong to and I shoot at. Now, he was setting up for a club match called Rolling Thunder. And this is a match where they actually take a rock crawler and you get one person in the back with a rifle and one person in the front with a pistol and they drive through the range and shooting at different targets. Now, I got a chance to talk to Steve while he was pre-staging for Rolling Thunder. We talked about the community, the range, and just shooting in general. Before we talk to Steve, let's pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by my affiliate relationship with MyMedic. Go to MyMedic.com and use the code TRB20 to save 20% on your order. And with bills being paid, Steve, tell me about your love of guns. In, wow. Indoor small bore. Is that a gallery rifle 22? Okay. Yeah, the local game warden, little town that we were in, signed up as the coach for the junior rifle club. And uh, I got good enough, he loaned me his, his rifle, which was a Model 52 Winchester. So I, I shot that for a lot of years. And where did you go from there? What's that? Where did you go from there? Oh, uh, I went from there, I went to indoor bullseye pistol, 45 and 22. So I, I did that for a few years in the basement of a church, a dirt basement in a, in a church. They had a shooting range set up. so. I shot in there. It's funny because if you think about taking a gun to church now. What's that? If you think about taking a gun to a church now, oh. <laughs> you'd, be, yeah. you'd be slaughtered. Well, my my oldest son shot gallery rifle in an indoor range here in Helena that was in the basement of the uh, National Guard Armory, which is now, I don't know, some state offices or something. Yeah, I think there's a... Um, there's like a preschool in there too, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was fun, something to do, and it, that and shooting jackrabbits out in the sagebrush. <laughs> it would be a lot of that. You know, that's one thing I I miss here in Montana. There's not a lot of jackrabbits. And where I grew up, there was a little town two miles from the Oregon border in California. In fact, I'm, I'm a native Oregonian because I was born in Oregon. Okay. Didn't, it was 850 people in town. We didn't have a doctor there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when I, when I shot USPSA, that was down in Fresno, California. And that was, that was in the days of Jeff Cooper and Jack Weaver and people like that and they, we did a lot of things that we don't do anymore in USPSA. So this batch coming up mm -hmm. is called Rolling Thunder. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about Rolling Thunder because obviously it's not a sponsored match of... No, it's, it's not a sanctioned match yeah. or anything like that. It's just fun. 
And Mike Kelly is the one that organizes it. And he has a Jeep rock crawler, four wheel steering and a whole nine yards. And that's what we shoot out of. And you can put it down in low gear and low range and it moves about this fast. We got one guy in the back with a rifle, guy in the front with a pistol, and we got all these targets set up. You got to have two holes, two rifle holes, and two pistol holes in each target to neutralize it. Well, hardly anybody ever misses. And then we go out on the other side of that cattle garden. We've got all those knockdown targets. So we set those up, and the guy with the rifle in the back switches off, puts his rifle down, picks up a shotgun. And then the guy with the pistol just reloads and keeps shooting us. Get all the plates down, or as many as you can. I don't know that anybody's ever got them all. <laughs> but it boils down to whoever can reload the shotgun the fastest is usually the team that wins. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the same. That's true in three-gun, too. Is, you know, shotgun reloading is the name of the game. That's, that's why one of the... One of the matches I'm putting on this year is just two gun, rifle and, and uh, shotgun, or rifle and pistol. So, uh, I know Rolling Thunder is kind of a, it doesn't happen often. You know, once, once a year, I don't think we had it last year at all. But yeah, once a year, and it's, it's like I say, it's just for fun. It, there's no... No prizes, no nothing like that. You just get bragging rights. Bragging rights, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is great because, I mean, that's the whole idea of, of shooting is to have oh, fun. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, even when you're competing right. in USPSA, yeah. yeah, you're on the firing line. You're trying to get yeah, and I, scores, you know, but you're still supposed to have fun. I, I, I've shot with people that are, I think, way too serious about it. Yeah. And, you know, they, the problem with USPSA is there's so many rules. That's why I like defensive pistol better, because that just basically be safe and shoot the targets. Yeah. Now, defensive pistol is a club match. Yes, too, just a well. club match. It's it's not it's not uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, there's there's a series that's kind of like that. It's right. not USPSA, it's something else, but it's it's yeah, it's it's just a club match. Yeah, hmm. and our three gun matches are basically just club matches. The only the only real uh, sanctioned, nationally sanctioned match we have are the, the Steel Challenge matches. Okay. Yeah. Because I know the uh, USPSA used to be, but then there was kind of a die-off of the yeah. USPSA matches. Right, right. Um, well, I think part, of, part of it is there's, there's so many rules, and if you're going to be a, a range officer in RO, you've got to know all those rules, and you have to re-up every year, take a test to get, get your certification back, and it's... It just got to be too complicated. Yeah. 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 But but that's a really nice thing about because I, I, I remember I've shot a couple of our defensive pistol matches yeah. here mm -hmm. at the range. And one of the things that I saw was um, there's some people that actually use the defensive pistol match as your pistol qualification for your concealed carry permits. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, which was kind of which was kind of nice because, you know, uh, you know, I've been through my 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 classes yeah. that I've had to take, and right. we take them every once in a while just to just yeah. keep fresh and right. and get a different point of view from a mm -hmm. different instructor. Right. But it gets boring when you're standing on a static line and put a hole in a paper. Yeah, right. put another hole in a right. paper. Right, and right. then right. it kind of yeah, you have yeah, a lot for of fun. about uh, 
eight years, I was a law enforcement firearms instructor for the U.S. Forest Service until they discovered that I wasn't a sworn officer, so I couldn't do that anymore. Like, why? But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that, you know, it was standard qualifications, course of fire sort of thing. But then I'd always put on something like a defensive pistol, USPSA, or, or whatever sort of side match sort of thing. It didn't, it didn't count towards qualification, but it was a lot of it fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, and it was good training, too. Well, I mean, qualifications aren't particularly good training. A defensive no. pistol, USPSA, for that matter, is better training. And, you know, that's kind of why, um, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about when I started doing competition, um, it, it was boring. You know, it, oh, yeah. static shooting is boring. Uh, yeah, um, right, You right. know, and I grew up on the East Coast, yeah. indoor ranges. Mm-hmm. Right. One shot per second. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you right. have a lot of a lot of things. And then you had to fight to get your brass back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, right. right. <laughs> but but and then, you know, as much as I enjoyed shooting and I've been shooting since I was seven years old. Yeah. Um, there was always something missing about it. And then yeah. for me, shooting trap on the weekends was great because then you're standing yeah. on a line and targets moving. Yeah. And that was right. fun. Right. And then I guess, you know. That's kind of that was kind of my gateway drug yeah. to. Yeah, I've I've shot trap and skeet both, and I always enjoyed skeet a lot more than trap. I enjoyed skeet a lot more than trap, but I was never good at it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was right. never good right. at right. it. But what I what I found is that trap shooters tend to be more serious. Yeah. Because there's a lot more money in shooting trap than there is yeah. in shooting skeet. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, for me, I liked um, when Sporting Clays came out. Oh, yeah. Right. Because Sporting Clays, to yeah. me, was, you know, I, I don't play golf, and I, I actually, I, I played golf once, and I hated that sport. Yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always said golf needed uh, four-wheel drive vehicles and guns. Well, <laughs> you know what Mark Twain said about golf? What's that? Uh, it's a good walk. Spoiler. It's a good walk. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, that's what Sporting Clays became. It was kind of, oh, for yeah. me, it was, it was right. kind of like, Golf with guns. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of spendy. Yeah, it and is. you got to have, you got to spend a lot of money to put the course together. Yeah. Those, those traps are expensive. Yeah, the, I was living in Delaware when, when I started shooting that, yeah. and the, there's not a lot of land in Delaware. I mean, if you take Delaware and Rhode Island, put them yeah. together, you have Yellowstone yeah. National Park. Right. And then plus, you know, three million people. Right. Um, right. But and then so there wasn't a lot of places to shoot. We had a we had a range that we shot at, uh-huh. and they and it was a state owned range. Yeah. And they had trap and ski, right. and then they set up sporting clays. Right. And it was it was a great, it, it was great it was a great course they put on. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and that was a great. Yeah, I, I love that because you just sometimes you didn't know where you're, you're where that pigeon was coming from. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, I was standing yeah. on the line, and all of a sudden, I, I yell "pull," and then the thing comes up flying across, over top of my head. Yeah, right. And you're like, "Oh yeah. wow!" Yeah, I've, I've I've shot sporting clays three or four times, but I've never. I guess they shoot it over at Logan, but I've never since I did that. I've never been around where there was a sporting clays course. So these targets are setting up here. Um, talk to me a little bit about them. Oh, they're just steel plates of various and sundry shapes. And we pound these in the ground and set the steel plate on top of them. And when you come across the cattle guard, 
the guy with the rifle switches over to the shotgun and starts shooting plates with the shotgun and the guy with the pistol starts shooting plates with the pistol and we'll have a finish line down here and it's whoever gets the most plates down okay and on the paper targets in order to neutralize the target there's got to be two pistol rounds and two rifle rounds in each target and if you don't have those four rounds in a target if you only got three that just adds one plate to your score up here okay. so it's pretty simple so now all this setup i mean you're out here by yourself now all this setup is all volunteer work yeah for the range right um, unless you can get some other people to volunteer now we were talking earlier about uh discounts if you come oh, out yeah. and help set right. up yeah yeah if, if our normal range fee is is twenty dollars for the match and if you help set up we reduce that to five dollars so you save fifteen dollars and that'll cover your gas from helena to here from butte to here so <laughs> you kind of break even at three dollar gallon gas yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely with that gas is getting expensive yeah now about how many people do you usually see show up oh probably between 20 and 40. have you seen that well since you didn't yeah. do rolling thunder last year and this is the first one this year do you anticipate with the ammo prices and gas prices to affect the turnout of those you know it it did for a little while but people seem to have gotten over that and our match attendance has come back up almost all of the matches we have anywhere from 20 to 30 people there's usually more people show up at this match because it's just fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. You're you're sitting, you're standing or sitting in the back of a jeep. Yeah. And shooting as it's moving. Yeah. How could how could you not want to do that? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's not it's not as hard as people think it is because the jeep is moving, like I say, about walking speed, and sure. we don't have a lot of rocks and bumps yeah. and that sort of thing, and the targets are close. But it's 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 kind of a hoot watching people how many magazines they have and how many how often they have to change them. <laughs> and people need to think ahead, you know. Like if you shot these four targets, I got two rounds left in the gun. I better change the magazine now before I get to the next two. <laughs> yeah, a little little more thought than a standard um, USPSA or. Uh... Oh yeah, there's. You need to think about it a little bit, but the USPSA and defensive pistol, you still have to kind of plan your attack on the, you know, where to reload and which ones to shoot first and that sort of thing. Yeah, there's, there's a little bit of thinking has to go into it too. Now, while they're shooting, since it's straight line as the Jeep is driving, do you have people scoring on the backside as the Jeep's Yeah, there's going? people coming down behind you, taping the targets and, and keeping track of the score. Okay. So, yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's how you keep the matches moving. Yeah, right, right. I'll put these out there. Now I need to count these so I know how many plates to get. Yeah, there's, there's been a few times, a couple of times, when I've set up a three-gun match all by myself. And that took until dark. I was going to ask you, I mean, other than, you know, obviously the two of us have been talking a lot off camera, too. No, no, but right. about how long does it usually take you to set one of these matches up? Uh, 
defensive pistol or three three gun is probably takes the longest and it'll probably take close to four hours and defensive pistol two to three hours thereabouts uh steel challenge is real simple and you can set that up in an hour five stages five stages and we've yeah. got surveyor flags in the bays i don't know if you noticed I, those. yeah i have that's for the steel challenge matches that's okay. where the targets go i always wonder because it always looks like the the little fuzzies when they're going to pave yeah, right. They're stuck right. in the ground. Like, yeah. I know they're not going to pave this bay, no. but <laughs> <laughs> right. no particular spacing, just kind of wherever. Yeah, just far far enough apart they can't get two with one shot. Yeah. <laughs> they're yes. two first, huh? Part of the tricks you can do in USPSA and sometimes the defensive pistol too. If you see targets at different distances. Sometimes you can line them up and get two with one shot. Yeah. Pass through. You get a pass through. So a little bit about the ranch here. Uh, you're the president of the ranch. Right. And that was an elected position, correct? Right. Yeah. So that happens in the annual meeting. Yeah, in the January meeting. Okay. And I've been president for probably close to 10 years now. It's kind of one of those jobs that once you get in there, nobody else wants it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's generally... Elected by acclamation at our annual meeting. <laughs> it's like you're you're basically voluntold. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, right. Well, I told them right now the county is applied to the BLM to obtain title to this this piece of property. Okay. This is BLM property, and that's been going on about eight years now. It takes forever, but I I told everybody says once that happens, once the county gets the property and we we get a lease from the county i'm gonna quit <laughs> <laughs> yeah but this this was a, a gravel pit originally okay and i think it was part of the construction of the freeway here that would make sense well, yeah it was a long time ago and uh, at that time the the uh, manager of the blm down there in butte was a competitive shooter and people would come out here just and plink you know like anywhere in Montana. Yeah, like most anywhere <laughs> in Montana. But he said, well, he got a hold of a couple of guys there and said, why don't, why don't you uh, get a permit from the BLM for this property for a shooting range? Okay, so they did. <laughs> and then the, the state had to, I don't know, it was the state or the feds, but anyway, they had to do a lot of rehab on this for the gravel pit. So they went over to him and said, well, how about if you just build us some shooting bays here as part of the rehab? Oh, so they did. That's how they did Yeah, yeah, that's how they did it, yeah. And then since I've been president, we've been accumulating these steel targets in here. <laughs> and there's probably, just off the top of my head, $20,000 worth of steel targets in here. Yeah. So we had them in little sheds here and there, and we finally built a regular storage for them. So yeah, we're we're hoping one of these days the, the county gets the property and we get the lease from the county. And once that happens, we can apply to the NRA and to Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks for improvements, ah. grants on the on the property. So, so because it's federal, it, it's a little harder to get. Well, I guess it's almost impossible. Well, the, the the BLM has told us that that uh, their national office says we want to get out of the permitting process b business for shooting ranges. So, okay, well, you want to get out. We've been trying to get out for 
eight years now. <laughs> let's, let's accelerate this. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, so, so other than, so then you see, that's something I didn't know that this was actually BLM land. Yeah. I always thought this was county here. Oh, not so, yet, but no. So how does that work with taxes on, on this? Well, the only taxes that we pay right now are the property taxes on the buildings that we have. Okay. Yeah. So they, they consider this almost the improved part, and that's the yeah, unapproved right, part. Uh, right. Unimproved part. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's not expensive by any means. We can, we can manage it. But yeah. It, it, we get, oh, probably on an annual basis, maybe $20,000 with range fees and that sort of thing. Okay. And our, our biggest match right now is the Semper Fi match. And this year, we're still figuring it up, but it's probably going to be between five dollars and $7,000 that we donate to the Semper Fi fund. And that's been going on for five or six years now. Yeah, it's, was, it's varied from $3,000 to $7,000 every year. Yeah, I was sad that I had to work that weekend, so oh, I, could, I couldn't yeah, come out right. to shoot the Semper Fi. Because right. that's a... Not only is it a fun match, oh, yeah. um, you get some really great squads yeah. of people. Yeah. You get the camaraderie of right. all the different military, yeah. um, you know, different military branches here. Right. Everyone's just having a, having a great time. And then not only are you having a great time, but the money's going to charity yeah. on top of it. Yeah. So it, it's just a, an amazing match. Oh, yeah. The Semper Fi Fund is now Semper Fi and America's it's Fund. Fun. Yep. Because they started donating money to all branches of the, of the service, not just the Marines. Right. And they, when we first started thinking about doing this, I told Rick Davis, our vice president, to research these, these charities and see how much they keep for administrative purposes. Well, of course, Rick had to find one for, for the Marines. Oh, yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> that's, that's how it started. Yeah, of course. But uh, Semper Fi America's Fund uh, keeps... 7% of the donations for their administrative costs. And that's it. 93% goes directly to the veterans that need it. Which is amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, for charity, that is really a high percentage. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, because that's, I always like that match just because of that. Um, because, I mean, you have all these wars that we're in. Yeah. You have these people coming back. Yeah. You know, not to get political, but um, the politicians are good at waging war. Mm -hmm. They're not good at getting out of them. Yeah. And then not yeah. only they're not getting good at getting out of them, but they forget about everything else right. afterwards right. that happens. Yeah. We even have a prize. We haven't had anybody yet. We have we have prizes for the top gun at Coast Guard, Air Force, Marines, Army, National Guard, and we started Space Force. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, we haven't had anybody from the Space Force here yet. <laughs> We've, we may have had a couple of space cadets. Yeah. <laughs> space cadets. But, yeah, but not right. Space Force. Right. Yeah. No, it's... Um, yeah, that's, that's one thing that I've, I've learned in the shooting sports since I've been doing this for 50 years now, is they're the nicest bunch of people you ever want to be around. Yeah. I've, never, I've never had a problem with anybody at a shooting match. No, and, and I haven't either. And the greatest thing about it is, is especially if you're, if this is your first match, you're going to your first oh, match, yeah. and you just might not have the gear, right? somebody will lend it to you. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. And we always help the shooter. Yeah. You know, if, if they're missing something, we'll tell them which direction 
they should mi yep. they're missing so they can compensate or if it's a complicated course of fire we'll tell them says this is the best way to do this this and this it's like the texas star yeah you know, that's with the five plates, you always start with the one on top. You yep. don't start with the one on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. I, and what's funny is I had to learn that one the hard way. Oh, yeah. And what's so funny is the first time you do it, it suddenly makes sense. Oh, yeah. You figure it out right. really quick and you're like, right. that was a stupid move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we've got uh, two of the uh, rotary plate racks in here and there's eight targets on them. And as soon as you shoot one, the plate... The yep. rack starts to tip, and then it starts spinning. It looks really hard, but it's not. It's kind of interesting. I don't practice. I pay to practice. Yeah, you I go it. to matches. Yep. Uh, one of the reasons is that I want to know what I can do absolutely cold without yeah. any practice, no air gunning or yep. anything like that. Because if you get in a shooting match, that's the way you're going to have to do it. Totally. <laughs> you know, on a, on a two-way range. <laughs> I, um, it's funny you say that because the first Simplify Fun mm -hmm. that I shot, I had just, I just got my X5. Uh-huh. And I put the first rounds downrange the day before the match. Oh, there you go. Because, uh, and I'm so glad I did. Yeah. Because that's when I found out I needed to put about six clicks into the rear sight. Ah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Would have been a really bad day. But right. it, it is, there is something that's great about going in cold because yeah. um, you just, you're there for the, you know, just the essence of being there. Yeah. Right. It, it adds that little bit of um, doubt. Right. That makes it a little more fun. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. And it, you know, shooting competition is, is always good because you're always under a little bit of pressure. Yeah. You know, so, so it's not like you're by yourself. You're, you're a bunch of people are watching you and you think I better do this pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, pressure is good because if you ever get in a shooting match with somebody, you're yeah. going to be under pressure. You're going to be under so. pressure. It's like, um, you know, I, I talk to people about dry fire. Yeah. You know, it's good to do dry fire practice. But like for me, I do a little bit of dry fire practice after my cardio routine mm -hmm. because, you know, you're talking about whether you're in competition or you're protecting your life. Oh, yeah. Your heart rate's going to go from resting rate to yep. 130, 140 yep. really quick. Yep, that's right. And your, your fine motor skills kind of go away. Yep. So you got to concentrate on the front sight. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, you were talking about... Um, people helping out yeah i've been at these shoots where people are they'll start saying front sight yeah right <laughs> right front yep. sight yeah <laughs> to, to, to get your shots back in yeah and the probably the most physically demanding course of fire that we have is the three gun matches yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of running involved there and a lot of times we'll go up this berm after we shoot a bunch of pistol and shotgun targets and we'll go run up the berm and grab the rifle and shoot a 300 yard target yeah. <laughs> and then try to slow your heart rate down. Oh yeah, to, to right. get the control of the rifle. Right. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's all up here. <laughs> it is. It is. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Great. I, I shot a I shot a match three gun match one time. My son and I went down to uh, the Ben Avery range down in Phoenix, and they were having a three gun match. And we were standing there watching. And this guy comes over and says, "You want to shoot?" I said, "Well, I've got a pistol, but I don't I don't have a." Rifle or shotgun. Well, here, use mine. That was Rob Latham. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. I mean, what, that's just something you totally would not expect to happen. Yeah, right. That's like your, that's like your, um, your surreal moment. Yeah. On the range. Right, right. And there's, there's been times when people have, have come out here and they had a problem with their gun or something. I just give them mine. Yeah. You know, I'll be running, running a stage and somebody will have a problem with, with a, you run out of ammunition or something. I've always got ammunition on me. Yep. Here. Yep. There's, there's been times I've been here on a match and someone ran out of ammo and, and they're like, everybody's like, well, how much do you need? I, you know, I need like 20 rounds. Yeah. And it's like everybody just chips in a couple of rounds. Oh, and yeah. You'll never know. Right. Yeah. You'll never miss it. Yeah. And yeah. It's great. Yeah. And everybody just helps everybody else out. So it, yeah. it's it's the most wonderful community I've ever been around. People. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I, I that's what I love. I, I, I love the community of this. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. you know, even here at the range, um, you know, I was here a couple of weekends ago and I was telling you off camera that I was sighting in the scope. Yeah. Right. Uh, a couple of benches over from me, there's a guy trying to sight in the scope. Mm-hmm. I just happened to have been here. Um, I got some some tools from Wheeler yeah. to sight in scopes. Right. And I was out here playing with it. And this guy's trying to say, I go, you need some help? And he's just like, well, yeah. I go, you're sighting in a scope. He's like, yeah. I go, I got all the stuff for you. No, there you <laughs> I, got all, I got lasers. I got targets. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all this stuff. Let's sight in your scope. Yeah. Right. And right. it's and that's the greatest thing about this oh, is, yeah. is the community. Everybody aspect. does that, yeah. Yeah. And the only the only thing I've noticed with the the downturn with the, the COVID nineteen is you don't find near as much brass laying around on the range yeah. as you used to. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny you say that. Um, my next door neighbor, um, he was helping me out where we were doing something on the car and then he goes, I want, he's got all the components but brass. Yeah. And he's like I just can't find nine millimeter brass. And then in the garage, I was like, I had a, like a five gallon bucket that yeah. probably like quarter full. And I just, here, I just handed him five oh, gallon yeah. bucket. And he's just like, what do you want for me? Just keep ah, it. And he goes, yeah. you don't need it. I go, no. I probably got about 10,000 rounds down. So it's already yeah. polished. Right. <laughs> so you can just have it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I've, I've shot nine millimeter off and on. And I don't think I have ever bought nine millimeter brass. I just pick it up off the yeah. range, and I've I've still got probably a thousand rounds. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, and that's it's funny because when I switched to forty and then back to nine, because yeah. like everybody else did, right, right, <laughs> you know, 40, 40 was that nice fact. Oh yeah, I didn't have a lot of forty brass. Yeah, well, just from coming down here and people leaving it down. Oh yeah, I just yeah, I build up my forty brass. Yeah, well, I I pick up brass that I don't even own a firearm for. Yeah. And about once a year, I've got a five-gallon bucket full of brass, and I take it down to the recycling place. Well, this year, the price of brass has really gone up. I mean, really? scrap brass? Yeah. So there's, there's probably $100 in a five-gallon bucket. That's, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just a scrap. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's something I wouldn't even thought of. Um, because you know, I have calibers I don't, you know, you pick it up and it's like, yeah. I don't have 357 SIG, but I have 357 SIG brass. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I you can always tell when the Montana Highway Patrol has been out here. Yeah, with all 357 SIG. Laying <laughs> around, yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly how I got all my 357 SIG. Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I figured, I figured one time there's eight or nine law enforcement agencies that use this range for qualification and training. And that's probably going to, a lot of, a lot of qualification training is going to go up with the Montana Highway Patrol moving their headquarters down here to Boulder. 
They, they called me the other day and says, how do we join your range? I said, you don't have to join the range. The county sheriff's got a key to the range. Any law enforcement agency that wants to can come out here and use the range. So, See, that's yeah. And that's great because, I mean, you know, yes, we're in Montana. We can go shoot in the woods. Yeah. But right. qualification's a little different. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, there are some right. things you, you, you have to control that range. Yeah. Right. And control right. the situation that they're yeah. shooting at. Right. And, and that's a great thing about, you know, offering this up to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, they are the people who are literally protecting us. Oh, yeah. Right. So I would want them to. Right. I mean, when I, I mean, was when I was in FFL for law enforcement, I did five dollar transfers. Oh, yeah. Because they're sure. the people that they're yep. serving our community. Yep. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It, but it is kind of interesting. It is awfully difficult to get law enforcement officers to come out here and shoot competition with us. That's funny. Well, I, th- as many law enforcement officers as I've trained, I've discovered they're usually not very good shots. You know, it's And funny. they don't want to get embarrassed by the civilians. <laughs> so I remember I was shooting uh, I was shooting a GSSF match in mm-hmm. Fort Dix, New Jersey. Uh-huh. Yes, I took a gun into New Jersey to yeah. shoot a match. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but that was interesting. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and I remember shooting at that match. And it was early on when I was learning, you know, I was just starting to shoot competition. Yeah. And I remember talking to the RO after a certain string, and there was a lot of misses, and these guys were had their duty belts and all oh, that yeah. stuff. Sure. And I remember talking to him, and and I was like, "Wow!" I go, "I would expect law enforcement to shoot better." And he goes, "Civilians yeah. always outshoot law yeah. enforcement." Yeah. The the agency I've found that had, on average, the best shots was the Forest Service. Wow. Because most of the Forest Service employees are outdoors people. Yeah. And they're used to shooting and hunting and they're that sort of thing. And, yeah. yeah. So the natural resource agencies are usually pretty good. A lot of municipal agencies, the only time they ever shoot is during qualifications. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but well, yeah, it takes time and it, it takes money for the ammunition and that sort of thing. I, so. I knew some National Guard that um, I had talked to a long time ago where they had gone out and bought Berettas, mm-hmm. bought ammunition, right? because the only time that they got to practice with their weapon was qualifications. Right, yep. And they would go out and buy their you know, duty weapon, essentially, yeah. right. and then go practice with it, so that right. way they yeah. were proficient. Oh yeah, right. You know, because you know, they yeah, get their token 300 a, rounds. It's a, what they call a fungible skill, yes. shooting is. If you don't do it, you, you lose, lose that it. skill pretty, yeah. pretty quick. So I try to do it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I try to get as much trigger time as I can. Yeah. And, right. Um, when I, when I can't, I try to do in dry fire. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when I'm, I'm on a meeting that I don't really need to be on for my day job. Yep. And I forget to hit the mute button. Yep. And you hear certain, people are like, what is that clicking sound? <laughs> like, Oops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hit that mute button really quick. <laughs> oh, it's just a glitch in the system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But thank you so much for taking oh, some time with me. No, that's uh, not it's, a problem. It's great to come out here and be with the range and, oh, yeah. and, and see the setup. And, you know, yeah. I'll be back out here tomorrow. We'll do some Good. more footage. And, oh, yeah. It'll, yeah. it'll be fun. If, if your partner can't make it, just raise your hand. Say, I need somebody to shoot with me. And somebody they'll do it. Step up. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, and people, sometimes they'll, they'll go through once and then they'll switch. Yeah. A different person or they'll switch guns and they'll go through it again. You know, <laughs> it's just a fun time. Yeah. 
That's great because that's that's what it's all about. Yep. You know, it, you know, we, we talked about the community. Yeah. We talked about fun. Right. Um, there's there's nothing scary going on. Right. Everything's safe. Right. We have rules. Right. For competition. Right. right. And you know, with you, with all the people that have been buying guns lately, that have never owned guns before, I got asked that question on on the news one time. What do you think about these people? I said. They need to get some kind of training. Absolutely. Some kind. And if nothing else, come to our matches. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it, that's, I've been a big advocate of that because we, it was like, um, last year it was over 5 million first time gunners. Oh, yeah. They bought their gun. Yep. They bought their token 20 yeah. rounds of self-defense right. ammo. Right. I have no idea what to do with that gun. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's that's great, right. you know, get out. Right. Do some shooting. Yeah. Um, you know, you come to a match. Don't you're not here to win. You're here to have fun. Oh yeah. Right. So, yeah. Learn Just, to be proficient with that weapon. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I I tell people is just because you have a gun doesn't mean any more mean that you're armed than if you have a piano that you're a piano player. Yeah. I mean, you have to know how to use it. I mean, that's uh, for me. It's the um, the old saying of. Uh, God made some men big and some yeah. men small. Right. Colonel Colt made them all equal. Right. Only goes so far. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you have the skill. If you have the skill. That's exactly so. right. Yeah, there's a good friend of mine. It's a retired gunsmith. He's 80 years old now. And he started gunsmithing in Washington, D.C. years ago. And he has some stories. He's also a horseman and quite a military buff. So he knows a lot about the horseback cavalry. And he said, it's interesting, the, the grip safety on a 1911 was an invention that was insisted on by the U.S. Army. Because hmm. Browning did not have a grip safety on the 1903s. Oh, he didn't, did he? No. I just, yeah. And he didn't have one on the, on the high power. Yep. Well, the reason was, if you're on a horse, and you have a pistol in your hand, and the pistol is attached to you with the lanyard, and yep. so is the magazine. If you drop that pistol with the safety off, and it's bouncing around under the horse or something yep. like that, it's not gonna go off with a grip safety on it. Yep. That's, that's why I insisted on that. And the original loading for the 45 ACP was a 200 grain bullet at 900 feet a second. The military said, no, we want the heaviest bullet you can possibly put in that case. So that's why they come up with a 230 grain bullet. And the reason wasn't for anti-personnel, it was for shooting horses. Uh -huh, so if you're yeah. horseback and the other guy's horseback, you get his horse down, he's afoot, yeah. and you've got a big advantage over him. Yep. So yeah, it, a lot of that history is really fascinating to me. It is, it's, I mean, you think about it. I mean, so the 1911 is, well, well over a hundred years old Oh yeah. yeah. And if you think about that gun, there's only been four, maybe five, changes to that pistol oh yeah right. um and then other than that you're still shooting yeah the original design yeah and such yep. a classic design right oh yeah and and it works i i have one that was actually made in the philippines and it was made on equipment that colt set up in the philippines in the second world oh, wow. war they were making pistols yep. back then and that's probably the most reliable 1911 i've ever had I, I have shot thousands of rounds through that thing and I've never had a failure of any kind. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you think about it, essentially you're shooting a Colt. 
Oh yeah. It's just, oh yeah. It, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like um, you know the Taurus. Yeah. They're making you know a Beretta's off of Beretta's old equipment. Oh yeah. Right. In right. Brazil. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. 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 There's 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 so much history in firearms. I just I it's just amazing. Love it. Yeah. It <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks again for your time. It's oh, great to get out here and talk welcome. to you. And you're um, welcome. You know. I, yeah. It, anytime it, you. Come out and film any of our matches. Just have a good time. Yeah, I, I love to because you know, you know, we talked about the, you know, we've talked about three gun. We've talked about yeah. um, you know, Rolling Thunder, which only happens once a year. Yeah, we've talked about defensive pistol. And but one thing we haven't talked about is cowboy action. Oh yeah, and right. That is, that's yeah. going to be a real fun one. If if nobody has seen a cowboy action, yeah. right? You talk about fun. Yeah, the, the only the only problem I have. Is it's expensive? Yes, you can, you can spend two hundred dollars just for the leather. Yeah, and you need a double barrel shotgun or a Model ninety seven yep. and two single action pistols. Yes, <laughs> but it yeah, is, it, it is fun. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I've seen that because I remember the first time I saw a cowboy action, it was here at this range. Uh huh. And I'm like, why are these people walking around with? It was a little weird at first, but yeah, then right. you start seeing them. They're they're totally in their element. Oh yeah, and it yep. is just pure fun. Yep, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, Kevin. Um, I gotta remember his last name. He's our our match director for uh, Three Gun. Kevin Cottrell. Yeah, he and his wife put those on. And there's usually not a lot of people that do it, but. The people that do do it just have all kinds of fun. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, we always have fun, no yes. matter what. But <laughs> but that's just a, that's a that's taking fun to a whole nother level. Oh yes, I mean that is a oh, whole yeah. nother level yep. of fun. That's right. Yeah, you got to have the costume and yep. And an interesting thing that they do not here, but is done is horseback cowboy action shooting. Oh wow. Yeah, and what the, what they use are, are blanks black powder blanks and balloons on sticks. Yep. And you got to run your horse down through there and shoot the, <laughs> shoot the balloons on both sides and a black powder will break a, you know, a chunk of black powder will break a balloon at 10 or 15 feet. I had a really good time talking to Steve. It was a great time just talking about the community of shooting. And I can't say community enough. I do believe that this is a community and we're here to support each other. As you can tell from this episode, these matches work on volunteer basis. These people are not paid. They show up early for the match or they show up the day before to help set up. It takes a lot of resources to put on a match. And the next time you go to a match, make sure you thank your ROs and the people that set up for making that match run so smoothly. If you haven't tried competition, there's nothing to worry about. Just show up and shoot, have fun. Competition shooting is fun. You don't need to run through a course. You can walk through the course. You don't need to have all the gear. People will lend you the gear. And when I do mean people will lend you, they will do it. I have lent my personal gear out to some other people that just were not prepared. If you're new to shooting, I highly recommend that you take a class. That way you can learn to be proficient with someone else helping you. You don't have to learn all this stuff the hard way. I hope you learned something from this episode today. Until we meet again, become more proficient with your firearm and stay safe out there.